always on air and live coming at you that's right oh yeah <laughs> fucking families upstairs man we got the most retarded family ever ah uh, they're great man they're immigrants they mean well <laughs> i was like all right we're gonna do it you know five six o'clock on monday it should be good nobody will be here right yeah they decided to celebrate Memorial Day 5.30 at night Perfect. on Monday. Oh, nice. I'm like, what? Nobody else is. Everybody had their fucking party last night, <laughs> S- Saturday, Friday night. No way. Some did, like, an early barbecue today. Wow. Who celebrates it at 5.30, dude? They're, they're party animals, dude. Ah, get the fuck out. Today's the day you just, like, lay around and watch Band of Brothers. That's right. And how how was the Band of Brothers? Good times? Oh, it gets Great better oldies. every time, yeah. dude. Uh, I had to look it up. It's so sad. Only two guys from that company are still alive. Wow. Yeah. Wow. No, dude, I'm really... I'm really I'm, I keep talking about it because I think it's true. I don't know. I think there'll definitely be a world war in our lifetime. Probably. Yeah, and it'll probably it'll be like our grandchildren that fight it. Yeah, because you gotta th- you gotta think like our children will have never talked to somebody that lived through World War Two. Yes, I, so I absolutely the, share that fear. You know what I mean? <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> so then their their kids now will just have nothing but movies and <clears throat> documentaries, and there's nothing like talking to your grandpa. You know what I mean? Right. So, I, I just think it's, and when you don't, I don't know, it's really scary. But man, that's a great series. That's, that's got to be the best thing Hollywood ever produced. Band of Brothers, great series. Absolutely. HBO nailed, I think it was HBO, and they nailed it. Oh, HBO, yeah. Oh, it kills me, dude, because I literally, dude, I woke up today at like 7.50. Yeah. And I turned on the TV, and it was just on HBO, you know? Right. And then uh, I hit Guide, and I was like, oh. Band of Brothers is starting in 10 minutes. <laughs> All right. I just went outside. I smoked. I come back inside. Hell yeah. And it was the, you know, it was the interview with the guys, the real guys. Uh-huh. And that, that was it, man. I, was, I hate when they play that shit because I was hooked. That's what gets, said. Yeah, yeah. I watched the whole series, man, because it was, it's so fucking good. They nailed it, man. They nailed it. Just the realism or the soldier camaraderie? Uh, the history aspect, everything and everything, dude. They nailed it. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you got to sit you know, down and watch that today. It, 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 what, it, I don't know if other people got it, but one thing that always got me was, uh, you know, in the begin, you know, like the first episode when they're in basic training and uh-huh. air or airborne school and everything. Right. You know, they were like always complaining that they had the hardest commander. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was like easy company. You know, they were the ones running every Friday while the other guys were out on leave. And it always made, you know, it was like the <laughs> always thing you thought about in the army because I ended up, I was in one of those companies in fucking AIT. You know what I mean? And it was like, yeah. dude, it sucks when you're just, they're always drilling you guys and you guys are always fucking up and they're just dinging you for every, I don't know, it just sucks. But... It does then get you better. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. So it's just like it's a it's a weird. It's weird. 
Hey man, I think it's a great show. I again, I think it's one oh, of the best things that HBO did. And yeah, it uh makes good. You think, I think on Memorial Day, Veterans Day, not enough people are kind of taking a look back and paying attention to what happened not very long ago. And it can really great you're right. We're at the point where a generation is being formed that doesn't have any connection, physical connection to this. Uh, or tangent, you, wouldn't be- connect, dude, you know, you, you wouldn't believe like these kids, man, 21, 22, talking about communism and shit. And you're like, dude, I heard adults then, on my trip, liberals, if you will, discuss positively communism. And I was shook to my core to hear it. It's like a new popular thing, dude. I'm not even I'm not even trying to be like a, it's like a no, new no. thing co- coming out of the colleges. Uh, yes, they're in where it, if, man. if where if you just did it right. Oh, this would yeah. actually be, you know what I mean? And I try to tell these guys, like, yeah, that's because you never got to sit down with my grandpa and, and listen <laughs> right. to him. Yeah. Ask him what he thought about the bread line. <laughs> and I know what you're going to say, like, oh, that's not going to happen here. But, uh, look, I mean. Oh, you're right, dude. What is it? The road to hell is paved with good intentions? With good intentions. <laughs> yeah. Or my more dumb version where... Uh, everything stupid is because of safety. That's what I believe. (laughs) That's the new age version. I love it, dude. That is great. That's mine. I coined it, baby. (laughs) OSHA literally exists because of stupid. Oh, man, the seatbelt beeper that goes off, and you're just... I got so many problems. The the bike lanes. Gotta get rid of the bike lanes. Mm. (laughs) I think we just need to get rid of bikers. Not bikes, yeah. But like, if you're like a, if you're like a full time biker, <laughs> fucking hit you. You need to get up. You're that asshole on the bike. You know who you are. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, for Memorial Day, um, I was combing the interwebs, and all I could really find was this really excellent speech from uh, our grandfather's favorite president. And speaking of uh, someone who came from communism, who came to this country uh, for opportunity and a better life for his children and grandchildren. And found it. I find it kind of, um, uh, I'm, I'm more understanding now than when I was a younger man why my grandpa admired Ronald Reagan uh, so much, not just politically, but socially. And, you know, I think for him, Coming to America, Ronald Reagan was kind of this symbol of that kind of freedom and spoke so elegantly about it. And so I got a little bit of a clip of Ronald Reagan from 86 uh, on on Memorial Day commemoration. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Today is the day we put aside to remember fallen heroes and to pray that no heroes will ever have to die for us again. It's a day of thanks for the valor of others. A day to remember the splendor of America and those of her children who rest in this cemetery and others. It's a day to be with the family and remember. I was thinking this morning that across the country, children and their parents will be going to the town parade and the young ones will sit on the sidewalks and wave their flags as the band goes by. Later, maybe they'll have a cookout or a day at the beach, and that's good. Because today is a day to be with the family 
and to remember. Arlington, this place of so many memories, is a fitting place for some remembering. So many wonderful men and women rest here. Men and women who led colorful, vivid, and passionate lives. They were quite a group, the boys of Vietnam, boys who fought a terrible and vicious war without enough support from home, boys who were dodging bullets while we debated the efficacy of the battle. It was often our poor who fought in that war. It was the unpampered boys of the working class who picked up the rifles and went on the march. They learned not to rely on us. They learned to rely on each other. And they were special in another way. They chose to be faithful. They chose to reject the fashionable skepticism of their time. They chose to believe and answer the call of duty. They had the wild, wild courage of youth. They seized certainty from the heart of an ambivalent age. They stood for something. And we owe them something. Those boys, we owe them first a promise that just as they did not forget their missing comrades, neither ever will we. And there are other promises. We must always remember that peace is a fragile thing that needs constant vigilance. We owe them a promise to look at the world with a steady gaze and perhaps a resigned toughness, knowing that we have adversaries in the world and challenges, and the only way to meet them and maintain the peace is by staying strong. That, of course, is the lesson of this century, a lesson learned in the Sudetenland, in Poland, in Hungary, in Czechoslovakia, in Cambodia. If we really care about peace, we must stay strong. If we really care about peace, we must, through our strength, demonstrate our unwillingness to accept an ending of the peace. We must be strong enough to create peace where it does not exist and strong enough to protect it where it does. That's the lesson of this century, and I think, of this day. That's all I wanted to say. The rest of my contribution is to leave this great place to its peace, a peace it has earned. Thank all of you, and God bless you, and have a day full of memories. Look at a guy like that, man. Wow. That's something, huh? Makes you pause for yeah. a second and really kind of uh, kind of think about how, you know what I didn't hear in there? How we have to reform our Constitution. Or uh, how the Constitution is trash. How uh, our government is racist. Yeah. Uh, I didn't hear right. anything about... <laughs> Did he said it in the beginning? This is the day we put it all aside. Yeah, and like, yeah, man, you gotta, you guys, you gotta remember, like, what was given f for this. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. And you can hear that comes from a guy who, who, uh, like that, that age of people, even if they didn't fight in a war, you know, they saw. People on their block, right? <laughs> they saw everybody going, like leaving and not coming back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely, yes. It's crazy. So, I don't know. No, no. I I think what's uh, 
again, he's just talking about celebrating what this day is all about, the remembrance, and what I like how uh, I, my favorite part is how he talks about everybody should be enjoying the weekend. And while you're enjoying the weekend, which you should be, take a moment to reflect on why you're able to enjoy this weekend. Yeah. And it's because of these people. Yeah. That's uh, what they died for, man. Yeah, so you can you have, have this. That so you can barbecue and enjoy the sunshine. Yeah. And uh, I think that's an important message. And again, you'd be hard-pressed to really find something similar to that over the last 10 years, in my opinion. And I'm even well past Barack Obama, who his shit was so divisive all the time, man. I, I really... Yeah. When I when I really look back, I, I I feel like that was kind of where we started to slide down this. Uh, I, did you see Barack Obama's tweet talking about how uh, on this tragic day of the shooting we should remember that it's also George Floyd Day? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, he got destroyed read, for that. You know, read the room. <laughs> <laughs> Is that? Do you think that's something uh, Ronald Reagan would have tweeted? No, I really don't. And and honestly, I don't even think that's something George Bush would have sunk down to tweet. Both Man. senior or junior. Yeah, or not junior W. I don't know if he's junior. <laughs> he's just W. w. <laughs> so. I thought that was an That's interesting. That's a great clip. Yeah, I thought that it was, was interesting. It kind of, uh, for me, I was kind of taken aback by how uh, even the politicians spoke a little bit differently back then. He didn't use the opportunity to throw any jabs at his opponents. No, no. You know, yeah, no, no, yeah. No grand no talking points. He didn't even talk about himself. Yeah. It was Which a, today's not about you. Today's not about anybody. You yeah. Know? So, you know, whenever, like, every time Memorial Day comes, people always, they like to thank me, you know? <laughs> and I always say that's the best part about M Memorial Day is there's nobody to thank. Wow. Like, they, they sacrifice it all for you. <clears throat> so, you don't even have to thank them. Just enjoy it. And don't call the fucking Constitution trash, you fucking fat... <laughs> I can't, I can't go any deeper. You know, know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of people who call the Constitution trash. And again, I, I'm just, I was really struck again by uh, his tone, his demeanor, how his candor, how this is about. This day is about remembering the fallen, and I'm. I, Dude, we used to live in a time where it wasn't all politics. It wasn't, yeah. And and there here's this guy who was probably being crushed politically from the left or attacked at all times and he was able to, you know, I, I man, can we go back to that time? Can we have a, a can we get rid of these people who make it all about themselves and the show? And ra putting up, like, uh, boosting the rage and the fear. Rage and fear. And on the right, even, too, they're doing it, it the was, same to thing. To be honest, man, to be honest, it was all the same back then. You just the, the diff you just got one good clip of him, but it was all the same. I'm, But I'm We're, saying even on these days, I mean, Joe Biden's... Yeah, it was the same.
get into it now, but the uh, the George Carlin. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh god, great fucking movies, man. Yeah, I well, got lots fuck, of Carlin. Dude, fuck HBO, goddamn Max, man. I don't know what it is with HBO Max on Xfinity, but the goddamn app never works. It took me like four days to watch <laughs> this thing because I had to keep fucking stopping it. Whatever. HBO, get your shit together. You know what I mean? Come on. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. It works fine for me, but, Mike. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that blew my mind, dude, that guy was old as fuck. He was a kid during World War II. Yeah. And what killed me is, like, you saw him grow throughout the ages and everything, and, like, dude, we're still arguing about the same shit he was talking about in the goddamn 50s. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's pretty wild. <laughs> Everything's the fucking same. The the documentary is great. They mention in it at some point, I don't remember exactly who it was, maybe Kevin Smith, uh, but they talk about how he was like the Beatles of comedians, where he went through the different generational phases through each uh, decade. Oh, yeah. I think that was Colbert. Was it Colbert? Yeah. It was, it was really great He said great he did the, uh, the White Album. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and it, actually, it really kind of struck me to look at it that way, and to have the visuals too, where you have them clean cut, black and white in the suit, just like the Beatles doing their teeny bopper stuff, and then the transformation after he does acid and drugs, and he's got the long hair, and then yeah, it's just it's great. It's a really he cool like he like never stopped he never stopped reinventing himself. Man. That's what was he really, crazy, dude. He didn't really find himself until his sixties. Yes. That was when, like, all that other stuff I didn't even really know about. Right. Right? His oh, great movie. First of all, before we go any further, I'm giving this one not only watchable, two <laughs> thumbs up. Watchable! <laughs> two thumbs up! <laughs> we got a winner! Fuck I... <laughs> yeah, it's watchable. Yeah. Yeah. Great documentary. It's I think Judd Apatop either produces it. I don't know if he's directing it. It's really fantastic. Covers the the whole span of Carlin's life. I didn't know his drug addiction was so uh severe. Uh Me neither. His, the cocaine. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize Oof. stuff uh, going on with his wife. Uh um, Can I tell you what kills me about George Carlin, man? They were playing clips of him from like 60 years ago and they were cracking me up. I was like laughing out loud during right. that shit. <laughs> Some of that stuff is so funny. Like uh, you're saying, it's still relevant. Yes. Like his that man is a genius. Like his take on stuff. <laughs> I forgot who that one guy they they kept interviewing. The he's like the kind of chubby black guy. He's really funny. He's a writer. I like can't remember. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I don't remember. Now I forgot what I was going to say, just trying to think of who he was. <laughs> they had a great point. Watch it. You'll know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, well, yeah, when we when you get to the part, Mike will be like, I told you. That's, what... That's it. <laughs> See what I'm saying? The guy made some great points. <laughs> I... Uh... I found it so funny how he had the point where uh, everyone was ripping on him and he yes. became like, they made fun of him on SCL TV, which I thought was a hilarious impression. 
that they had of him. It was so good. And he man. was apparently, I didn't know, but he was like making jokes about peas and it just like wasn't funny at all. And that's when he reinvented himself and just got, I don't know. He was always pissed off at the world apparently, but, uh, or at the way the world was being run. And then he, uh, he just decided to rant about could, it. I don't even, I think you just see him go through the stages where like, you know, when he started doing the hippie dippy thing and like, yeah. And then he became the hippie guy where he was really going after like establishment, right? Right. And then that peas phase was really like wordplay. Yeah. And then it was like the sixties. When he hit not sixties time, like when he was sixty years old. Right. It was like that's when he was really able to just put everything together. Right. You know what I mean? It was really when you just see like that's what was amazing to me was because I only knew him as that guy. And then to see like where it all came from, yeah. You like literally watched him build into that guy, uh, become a That's master an of the craft. Story. Yeah, it really, yeah. It was an amazing story. It really, <laughs> it's an amazing lesson. And just don't, don't give up. Keep going. Do what you want to. You know, yeah. this is what you want to do. Do it. And, and you know, fuck the money, dude. When he turns down that. When he gets fired from the quarter million dollars, and then that guy laughs, and he's like, "We made twelve thousand the next year." Like that's so <laughs> funny, man. But that's what George Carlin's are made out of. You know right. what I mean? That's what that's where those men come from. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's an incredible so. story, man. And uh, I also I had the DVD for a long time. I'd watched it many times, and I don't know why it didn't register that he was the first host of SNL. I didn't know that either, dude. That's, that's insane. Yeah. That's all. Oh, wow. I mean, what a, I mean, SNL sucks, but <laughs> it sucks now, it sucks but now. back then it was huge. It, it was pretty funny back then and pretty raw and uh hip and man, to be the first one, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I I really had no idea uh in a weird way. Yeah. Even, again, even though I had the DVD, it just never really kind of registered in my mind i guess i to be i gotta be honest man i didn't know any of that about him i did not know he did like those uh variety shows (laughs) those were something else and uh richard pryor was on there with him in that one dude so you know how you always hear about tv being racist and everything like yo Back when it was black and white, that was definitely like <laughs> they definitely tuned to that to you know make the white guys look a little better. Well, the seventies clips I found it was a lot more happening. Like people, it was mixing and people were having a good time. I don't good know. Time, yeah. The the variety shows were pretty funny. It's kind of interesting that there really wasn't um you didn't really have the the comedians playing the stages right away when he became a comedian. That kind of well, there was no Comedy Central, man. Yeah, or just like doing stand up was yeah, a there whole. Was nothing, it was huh? like a whole different thing. You didn't. Ha- he talked about how they didn't have stand up clubs, and so they would right. he would go to that cafe, and then eventually they started having clubs. Pretty wild, man. George yeah. Carlin, I got a little Carlin for you. If you're into it. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to play it. Oh, psych! Uh, yeah. <laughs> Got me on that one. This is uh, the Carlin where Colbert said was too dark for him. 
Uh, probably because Carlin or uh, oh, Colbert. can I say the one thing about this about the documentary? Yes, is they kept interviewing all these comedians, and I just really wanted to ask somebody: Is Stephen Colbert still considered a comedian? <laughs> can you really consider that comedy? He's a political Jesus. hack at this point, man. Come on, the at vaccine. best, <laughs> at best, don't give a political hack. <laughs> don't get me wrong; I loved him on the Colbert Report. Love at best at best political hack at worst he might be joe biden's fluffer i'm not <laughs> sure i'm just saying he's somewhere in between <laughs> well uh this is an in, this is one of my favorites of his more most popular obviously or one of them and apparently he was like close to death or he was about to have a heart attack again or do you remember he was like bloated and he just went on stage anyways, and he was supposedly like angry and pissed at the world. And uh, it's some of his best stuff, in my opinion. So here's a here's a little snippet of it. Here's uh, George Carlin. Long ago, you were talking about giving kids a head start. Head start left behind. Someone's losing fucking ground here. <laughs> But there's a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason for this. There's a reason education sucks. And it's the same reason that it will never, ever, ever be fixed. It's never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got. Because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now. The real owners. The big, wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. That's right. They don't want people who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table and figure out how badly they're getting fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 fucking years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient workers. People who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. And now they're coming for your social security. Security money. They want your fucking retirement money. They want it back so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this fucking place. It's a big club and you ain't in it. You and I are not in the big club. By the way, it's the same big club they use to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged. And nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. George Carlin, everybody. Man, he nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh, <laughs> that's what that black guy said in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> He named a bunch of, like, great comedians and everything. Right. And he goes, 
but nobody's sending their clips around Twitter to prove a point about today. Wow. And I was like, yeah, George Carlin, dude, that shit is still today. You're like, look at, the, you know, listen to this. You know, it's still relevant. Everything is relevant. Everything from, uh, especially the stuff he did in the 90s, I feel like, where he was really just ranting and raving and going insane. Late 80s, early 90s, right? He, man, it, it's more relevant today than ever. And I think the whole big club thing and the oh, World so Economic Forum yeah. and the Great Reset is, like, maybe he knew something we didn't, man. <laughs> No, or he for sure just, did. Just a smarter guy or more of a critical thinker than most people and willing to go up on stage and say something about it. Interesting. I think if you just... I think you... Yeah. Let me tell you something else that struck me about uh, George Carlin. A man out there speaking the truth. And you, everyone could say there hasn't been before or since another George Carlin willing to go out there and truly speak what is really going on and did you catch in the documentary how he was being absolutely destroyed by the IRS? Yes. Oh, yeah. Dude, that guy said that the IRS would call him every Tuesday. Yeah. And ask him, how'd we do? <laughs> That's some maniacal shit, Well, man. maybe kind of makes you think a little bit. Yeah, you're, That's what it is, dude. You're not in the club. And they're going to make sure you never get in. George Carlin... You know, there's no flight logs of George Carlin going to uh, St. James Island on Lolita Express. <laughs> he wasn't in the big club. He talked about it. And so what happened? The IRS financially yeah. destroyed George Carlin. Yeah, well, you're right. There's a little something to it, man. I don't know what it is, but from what I got from the documentary is George Carlin didn't play ball so, with the big boys. So you're saying... You should always just fuck the kid. <laughs> well, I think they offer you the kitty to ditty, and uh, uh, if you don't play ball, then they destroy your life. So fuck the kid. It's a win-win. <laughs> no. I just found that interesting. That <laughs> You heard it here. Dude, man, Frank says, always have sex with the kid. <laughs> Are they going to destroy your life? <laughs> if, you, if that's the moment you're in, there's no way out. <laughs> yeah. No, I I just think uh I found that interesting that here's this guy going out there and again, we look back on these clips, they're not only are they still relevant, more relevant and in fact, more frightening and prophetic than ev yeah. anything else you could dig up from any comedian of that era in my opinion. And I was really shocked to see this kind of wow, George Carlin was ravaged by drug addiction and alcoholism with his wife and the irs just destroyed him financially and here's this guy at the end of his life just totally uh taking the the world uh to task and and saying live in front of massive audiences and on hbo specials uh the game is rigged and it's rigged against you and they're all doing this to destroy you, but keep you as slaves. And man, yeah. have we ever felt more enslaved to the 1% oh, than ever good. before? You know what's really funny? What's really funny is the guy who said that was too much 
is the guy who danced with life-sized vaccine or human-sized vaccines. Oh yeah, on his show. Yeah, the va- Mr. Vaccine television. himself. Yeah, so that's kind of weird. Well, that's another take that I I got from it was Stephen Colbert, mouthpiece of the Biden administration. What? Uh. Having George Carlin speak a little dark truth was too much for you? Too much. Okay, man. <laughs> That's why your ratings are in the tank, dude. That's why nobody watches these late night uh, shows anymore. Did you see SNL dumped all their talent, man? Our fa- dude, Chaboy, Pete Davidson's gone. Pete Davidson. Yeah, we talked about. It. Remember, I told you, I predicted he's gonna. But he's start- got big dick energy. <laughs> That's oh, right. Fucking hate hearing that. God, I hate hearing that. Pete Davidson and his big dick energy are gone from SNL. He's gonna take that energy to like um, E. Let me tell you. Let, let me. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me end the rumors. <laughs> Pete Davidson does not have big dick energy, right? <laughs> Kim Kardashian has I'm about to be irrelevant energy, okay? <laughs> so she's got the same thing as Megan Fox. I'm about to be irrelevant energy, wow. okay? Yes. So They're almost the same. They actually, through their process of I, plastic I confuse surgery, them they almost look identical now. They must I have the same plastic surgery. Yeah, I, I, they, <laughs> for sure, dude. <laughs> and it kills me because Megan Fox used to be like one of the most beautiful women out there. Yeah, oh yeah, something and happened. Now, and now you're indistinguishable from that blob they call Kim Kardashian. Well, there's a theory, you know, I like my conspiracy theories, Mike, uh, that they take these celebrities and uh, they clone them, then they kill the original celebrity, and they release the clone onto the public. And these clones all look very similar. Mm, I'd believe it. Could be pretty interesting you know beyonce looks uh-huh. nothing like she did 30 years ago you could almost argue it's a different person it is crazy that they do so much like you're beautiful why do you do so you know like yeah. i'm ugly and i'm not doing nothing to my face <laughs> yeah. i'm afraid it'll get like i'm so afraid it'll get worse you know what I mean? like holy shit i'm a four what if i come out of two you know like jesus christ no no i'm not taking my chances right <laughs> like i can't imagine touching a 10 you know yeah well comedy's gone downhill i guess if uh the comedian we're talking after we talk george carlin is pete davidson so we got some problems in our- <laughs> <laughs> got some serious cultural problems people dude why is it the- no, no, it's not just that like mu- that rat mustache thing is back now like the, all all these dudes are doing the that, mustache like, is back. I've seen it. It's making yeah. Comeback. What's going on with the mustache? You know what I was thinking about the other day. Remember how like everything we did as kids, like the older generation thought we were gay for it. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, like now I'm starting to realize it's like oh it's just because like things like when I was a kid, if you had a mustache, it's because you were a gay man. That's, like, that's not well, like, that was the '80s though. Right? That's what it was. All yeah. the gay men had, like, 90s, those gay men had mustaches. That's the only people that had them. Seriously, and yeah. So, 
so now you guys, it's I guess it's coming back. You think it's coming wow, back, but that's I just funny. I I just see you as a nineteen year old. F- <laughs> like <laughs> so the older generation, yes. Well, do you know you what's back? You're... What's funny? The mustaches are back, and then yeah. so are the fanny packs. I've been seeing those. Right, right. Which was, dude, if you had a fa- when I was a kid, if you had a fanny pack and a mustache, you were just gay. Like that was one hundred percent. No, nobody when we were kids could. You couldn't. You caught dead wearing it, and we were. Fanny pack? We were kids. Our, when our were... aunt had a fanny pack. <laughs> well, I was about to say, they were popular for a minute, and then, yeah, I think the lesbians took it over. The lesbians what... <laughs> and the gays, dude. The gays for sure, because you keep all your condoms in there and everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it used to be GLB, I heard. GLB. Oh, and, gay, lesbian, bisexual. Yeah, and then it it went LGB, and then so on and so forth with every letter in the alphabet. But it it it, <sighs> it originally started with the. the I'm G's. stopping at the B. <laughs> LGB, man, that's all you're getting. Yeah, I I think that's perfectly fine. I think our culture is swinging the other way. They've had enough with the T's, etc. Yeah, pa- past the. <laughs> Past the B, it's a mental illness, not a sexual preference. <laughs> it should just be a LGBETC, uh, period. Etc., <laughs> <laughs> etc. Cetera, et cetera, oh, et cetera. I thought you were going with extraterrestrial. No, no, no. But uh, yeah, I'll take alien for sure. No. Yeah, yeah. Etc. I think that covers, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It covers uh, all covers the everything. other things. Let's just get yeah. it all in there. And then instead of the X on all the uh, IDs, you could just put ETC. ETC, etc. Yeah, I like it. I like it. There you go. I'm on to something here. I think you might be. <laughs> Let's just get something all-encompassing. And, you know. But, dude, that is kind of funny, man. Like, the fanny pack. Like, now you're, like, wearing... You're, so you're, like, a 19-year-old kid trying to look cool. You're wearing a fanny pack, and you got your awesome mustache. But and you're wearing over- high, high socks. <laughs> yeah, but to everybody, short over shorts, 30, dude. to everybody over 30, you're just, like, begging for a dude to fuck you. Like, that's all I see. Like, you're not- <laughs> no, it's really funny, though. You're right. They, they're, like, straight, that's exactly- straight young males now are wearing what gay men wore in the 80s. It's incredible. The way and the like, culture you- turns. It makes you think about like what we did as kids. We're like our grandpa was like, "What are you, fag?" Yeah, you know? well, our grandpas were not happy with how we were dressing. Well, we were dressing doing the long like with hair. the long hair. Yeah, <laughs> the long hair, man. Yeah, and they're totally right. They're t- we were one step away. We you know? we were kind of hippie culture. Re- re- the hippie culture came back when we were young guys. I feel like that was kind of Woodstock '99. Yeah, we had the Woodstocks. And um, fish, no. and you know, it really kind of. I felt like that was kind of the culture. Uh, we didn't know what we wanted. We were well, we natural we born were idiots, doing. Mike. Come on, man. Plus we had Na- plus we had Napster, so we could have whatever music we wanted. And the internet's dead these days. Whenever I think back on what the internet used to be, used to be, I know it I'm used convinced. to be the wild, wild west, yeah. man. Yeah, you used to be able to just get information. Whatever you wanted. Fuck you, Metallica. <laughs> yeah. If you, <laughs> I blame all modern day censorship on Lars Ulrich of of Metallica. Lars, yeah. Fuck yeah. you, dude. Fuck you, Fuck Lars. You. 
And this is the first time you've been mentioned on a podcast ever. Because they didn't even exist back then, dude. What an asshole. Fuck you, dude. He ruined the internet. That's what happened. You, you know, you ruined music. You ruined everything. Everything, dude. No, it all happened with Facebook. And there's a, a lot of coincidental timing with the opening and closing of certain CIA-based projects where Facebook came online. And I, I'm absolutely, at this point, convinced Facebook was a social-led experiment run by the CIA in order to just mass collect data on everybody. I love how you, oh, like, I did not see it going conspiracy theory. I love it. But I believe that's yeah. what all social media platforms are for. Mm. They have to be. Why do they need that data, man? Mm. They need it for the Ooh, algorithm. They... What algorithm? The one that'll eventually take us over. And the only savior we will have <laughs> to fight against it will be Elon Musk, who will be logged into the system via <laughs> his brain link and the uh, satellite system floating around the space. Starlink. Starlink. Oh. And his Neuralink. They will, they will superlink, and Elon Musk will project himself upon the Earth in an astral projection as God of the universe. <laughs> okay. Somebody that's, really that's needs to get Elon a <laughs> Somebody needs to get a scalpel and cut open his forearm. See if it's metal. <laughs> he might be the Terminator. That's what I'm saying. He's a cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> He's from he the future. Sent, he was sent back here to save us. I believe Joe Rogan always says Elon is an alien. <laughs> starting, I'm starting to believe that. The man has met him several times. I kind of think he is. Well, to be fair. Joe Rogan's like one step above caveman, so one step above <laughs> right. above him to him is alien. You know what I mean? Like, oh my god, you use you use a fork and a knife? <laughs> I'm just kidding, Joe. Yeah, Joe Rogan. I, I too, have, I, I too have the caveman stature. Don't worry. It's... <laughs> he, he does have a caveman like kind of thing oh, dude, going he's, on. He's we're the southern Italians. We're the most cavemen in the world. Yeah, right now. Like, yeah. We're ge the genetically closest. <laughs> very close. <laughs> very close. Trust me. I see a coconut. I instinctually open it with a rock. I don't know why. <laughs> Just take one look at Pepino, and that's all you need to know for the missing oh, link. Oh god! <laughs> On a Sunday morning. Ah, oh, dude. I I've seen it. Museums try to catch him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's good stuff well mike uh have you heard about what everybody's talking about in the news what no nah, i'm really curious no what happened is it monkey pox no come on no it's not uh, so I, I, oh it's dude, ukraine like this... dude Zelensky. no 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 it's not nah. Zelensky, dude it's not monkey pox it ain't Zelensky. Uh, can oh, i say man. something about Oh, yeah. Lewinsky? I want it. Dude. I I'm sure it's been said a hundred times already. But, like, CNN still hasn't changed it. Like, just <laughs> before the podcast, I was watching it. Yeah. They literally go from a story of, we need to take away all of your guns. Because even if the government wants to take over, they're going to take over. How could anybody fight the government? Yes. And then 
And then, ah, oh, very good story, Karen. And now we go to Brenda over in Ukraine. We need to send all the people guns so <laughs> they can guns. fight the government. <laughs> what? I mean, do you guys not see the? Do you guys not see the irony? Right. Well, how do you simultaneously claim these guns would do nothing to protect you, but we need they're, to, they're, but we need to take away no, your weapons of war? Is what they call it. <laughs> no, their exact their exact words were, "It would never help you against a global power." Right. And I'm like, okay, I can accept that. But then five minutes later, you're telling me we need to send guns to these civilians in Ukraine because uh -huh. they're fighting Russia. Yeah. Which last time I checked is a global power, right? Like, well, Mike, this narrative makes no sense, dude. Is Russia the greatest threat to American uh, freedom and sovereignty? I can never say the word. <laughs> sovereignty. So sovereignty. <laughs> I get thrown off every time. It throws off Biden, too. Yeah, yeah. I have Biden syndrome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Early onset dementia, I guess. <laughs> Is Russia simultaneously a threat uh, to America, a, a world power threat who's going to destroy everything? Or are, is Putin out of control and, has, uh, and they're a misfit group of <laughs> uh, idiots who don't know how to wage war? Because they're trying who to just like... Lo who just lo they lost to Ukraine, right? That was the story. Right. Are they, they losing to they Ukraine lost? or are they winning? I don't understand. But but now, yeah, there is. Wait, is the war over? I didn't even hear it. Yeah, nobody knows. No, I saw. I literally sense. saw an article, and Zelensky was still wearing that green T-shirt he's been wearing for uh, four months. <laughs> Could somebody? We sent forty billion dollars over there. Can we get Zelensky a shirt? Forty billion? No shirt for Zelensky. This, I mean, this guy. You, guys, you guys are spending two fifty a day on his hair. I, I, that is <laughs> and keeping guaranteed. that beard nice and tight. That Can beard is tight. He's got the beard trimmer there. Can someone get the man a t-shirt? T-shirt. A, a stylist. Give the man your t-shirt. Come on. He's been at war for 140 days. Come on. That's why nobody believes the photo ops, man, because he's still wearing this like war getup, and then Pelosi's showing up with this bright blue uh, suit. I know. You know? Dude, like, I know. And she's like 90 years old. Yeah, dude. put on this. Put on a suit, bro. You know, uh, we have on. some heads of state showing up here. Show a little respect for the guys cutting you a huge fucking check. Put on a suit. Yeah, dude. Shave. Yeah, seriously. If I'm giving you forty billion dollars, man, That's change the goddamn t-shirt. Put on a tie. Zelensky's fucking... <laughs> <laughs> a douchebag. That's all I'm reading man, from this whole thing. We now we keep talking about the world is changing, man. The world. Men used to have class. You know. <laughs> Used to be a lady brought you a check for $40 billion. You wore your Sunday best. That's you know? right. Especially a lady like Nancy Pelosi who has a gentleman husband like Paul Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi's <laughs> husband busted for drunk driving. Yeah! We learned the house speaker husband, Paul, was Say booked into what? the Napa County Jail last night just before midnight. Jail records show Paul Pelosi <laughs> is now facing DUI charges. He bailed out this morning. Now, we reached out to Speaker Pelosi's office about this matter. In a statement, her spokesperson told us, the speaker will not be commenting on this private matter, which occurred while she was on the uh, East Coast. Not. By the way, it appears this was not <laughs> Paul Pelosi's first alcohol-related arrest. Yes. Court records show he was arrested on similar charges back in 2018 and served three years probation for alcohol-related oh, yeah. reckless driving. 
Can we talk you know about the, the funniest? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, go, go for it. You know what the funniest part is? No. Like, like sometimes you think like you're poor, right? You get pulled over when you're drunk. You're like, man, if only I was a rich guy, this would be so much better. You know? Right. Not really in his case, because in his case, it's like, uh, well, where are you headed here, Paul? <laughs> no, I just headed. I just headed home to my vineyard. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Okay, you're drunk driving, and you live at a place where they make booze. All right, now we're starting to see a trend here. It looks like a problem. <laughs> Did you catch the math on the story there? He got busted in 2018. He was on probation for three years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just he got it. off of He just got <laughs> off of probation, and he's just like, oh, he just got wasted. And just- hey, I don't mean to get racist here, but black people take note here. This is why white people get away with shit, dude. He waited. He was a good oh boy for three God. years, and then he fucking went back out and partied. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. I was with a guy over the weekend who has a friend who celebrated his uh, official day out of being in trouble for getting a DUI and serving time and all this stuff. Uh, and he went out, celebrate, had a few beers, got pulled over, and got another no. DUI. Uh, no. and yeah, oh yeah, man. I think it happens once. Call it quits, man. That would that would be my you know, you're tempting fate if you got the luck. Okay, but you know I don't think it's a good idea, especially these days, yeah, you're man. Right, dude. And look, uh, city driving little different. Cruise around the suburbs for a minute. These cops are frothing at the mouths. They are looking Ugh. for anyone to pull over for any stupid shit and then to breathalyze yeah. you. Uh, so suburbs, they they're gonna uh, they're gonna nab you for this shit. And this guy's you know whatever. Paul Pelosi. Uh, what? uh, <laughs> if you're gonna drunk drive, drunk drive in Chicago. Right. Dude, they got they so many. They got they're going to so many shooters. They got dude. The shooter log is back forty five <laughs> minutes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> They got bigger fr- fish to fry, dude. Uh, and by the way, can we talk about the elephant in the room here, Paul Pelosi? Your your initials are PP. Elephant in the room, PP. <laughs> you made a hundred million dollars in the stock market. Your ni- your initials are still PP. <laughs> sure you are, PP. Dude, that is like the that's like the one thing I don't get. If you're that rich, man, like don't you have somebody to drive you or something? That like, might that's my point, man. You just made a gajillion dollars off those Tesla stocks you uh, purchased coincidentally right before we jacked gas to the pr- fucking roof and canceled all our oil subscriptions assholes we know what you did this is all a fucking ploy and pelosi's are always anytime there's a stinking dirty rotten just grotesque obvious inside deal that goes down in the stock market there's a pelosi there's a pp behind that little deal i guarantee there's it. always a little pp there's always a little a little pp a teeny little pp dude you guys like seriously you guys are the worst super villains ever ah oh, you're so obvious like, you- you stole the millions of dollars. 
Not hire a driver. What's wrong with you? Ah, oh, man. And supervillain, you've nailed it, dude. Does anyone resemble the Joker any uh, <laughs> at all more than Nancy Pelosi? Like her plastic oh, surgeon she's got is the slowly, mouth and everything. The eyebrows, everything. Like slow. she's just white face paint away from the Joker. <laughs> and the classic, by the way, well, well, Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero. For Mike, oh. yeah, he loves it when oh. I roll the tongue on that. Yeah, I know, loves the accent. That was for you. It makes it sound international. That's right, man. I always go. <laughs> and by the way, when it comes to Batman, I love the Adam West. So you know, that's the good time. You know, Adam West famously, him and Robin went to orgies dressed as Batman and Robin. Why wouldn't you? I would be, <laughs> yeah, more mad if you did it. <laughs> well, and especially those costumes, man. There's nothing more comical than those old school Batman costumes, oh, dude. Yeah. I bet the orgies back then were fucking top notch. I always imagine it was just a bunch of naked people dancing to like Hawaiian music around pools with uh, cocktails, you know, and uh, just very casual. And that's that's all I imagine. Dude, I had this old timer, and I, it was one of the funniest things I ever heard in my life because he was telling me about the '60s. Yeah, and he's he goes the swinging uh, '60s. Yeah, yeah dude. And he goes, he goes. Think about all the meth head chicks. And I was like, yeah. He goes, yeah. See, he goes, but all of them were hot before they started doing meth. Right. right. <laughs> he goes, so just imagine all of them in a time when there was no meth. <laughs> wow. They were still hot. They were still hot, but they were all doing acid and smoking weed. Yeah. <laughs> so they were still like crazy and everything. But, right. You know. Well, dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean, CIA acid experiments. That was big. They were messing with the populace back then. Yeah, that's crazy. And how that's all like coming I, out is one hundred percent. I wasn't fully prepared for this one, but I, uh, I'm down to go down there. Uh, I read a, a little article about how supposedly. The Grateful Dead participated in a fake show. It's the 77 show at Cornell University. I'm a little off on this one. Uh, but uh, supposedly the show did not exist, but they convinced an entire population of people to believe that they went to the show. What? And not only that, there's a supposed recording of the show. Uh, that is a collection of recordings from various shows that they put together, and apparently the Grateful Dead were totally in on this. And they were also in on the acid experiments in San Francisco. That's why they they were the band, they were there with Ken Kesey, and it was a whole CIA-based experiment. This was another part of it. Uh, they essentially created a fake show, and it was a mind-control experiment to see if they could convince an entire populace of people that a show actually happened and they did all these various things to even convince like the local populace that they held the show there they timed it out with the tour they made flyers they clipped together these different recordings and released the show that was live uh and apparently to this day you could talk to old deadheads who were on tour at the dead and they claim the show happened and they can tell you specific moments that occurred. Apparently, there was a snowstorm afterwards. Uh, and none of these people experienced it, but the CIA convinced them that it happened. And this all has to do with, like, 
this like acid trip situation where they 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 the 60s and 70s are where they really yeah. started to hone in on their um mind control experiments like mass yeah mass mind like, controls when they really got yeah, got a hold yeah. of it so hey flash forward now uh 60 years 2020 they uh pulled off one of the greatest mass hoaxes and mind controls i think we've ever seen in our lifetime yeah i do I, your alien theory is 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 scaring me i think it might come true the fake invasion Oh, it's the next playbook, man, because they're yeah. running out of options and the diseases aren't going to fire anymore. Uh, people are at the point where, all right, if I die, I'm die. I, I'm tired of this. <laughs> no more, yeah. no more lockdowns. No more of this crap. So, I, yeah, the the project blue the blue beam, the fake alien invasion. Look, I think there's also a weird ploy here where Elon Musk we're being led to believe he's our friend, and when you're being led to believe that these billionaires who control all these different forms of communication and technology are your friends you're in a bad place i really don't think For they're sure. your friend i think elon is your friend just as much as jeff bezos and bill gates they're all in the same book man they all work for the same companies and institutions and governments and we should all be nervous that a major playbook in the cia uh game plan there is a uh, fake alien invasion it ties really well with starlink really does yeah and they weird and with covid i always argue covid was a beta test okay what was the beta test well was it to release another virus no they've played their hand there it's got to be something bigger well okay let's do a fake invasion or with the fake alien invasion the other idea is that they fake the second coming of christ <laughs> not even kidding and i love your reaction yes Believe it. Imagine a Christ-like figure uh, descending Frank, from the sky. I think sky. you might be the second coming of Christ. I'm telling you. It's, uh, you that, get the Capicola, so. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, the second coming of Christ, guarantee this, his name will be Frank. Okay? Because uh, gra <laughs> grandmas across the planet love Franks. They'll do anything it's for a Frank. A, it's got to be a Frank. <laughs> I'm telling you. You want to know what? The, so the the beta test for COVID was let's test out mind control. How do we mass manipulate an entire the entire world? They pulled it off with COVID. The next step will be alien invasion. They got Starlink linking up. Elon is not our friend, but they're making us root for Elon, right? Everyone's like, yeah, we're all you know whatever. The Elon stuff is crazy. The point is this guy is putting together a Starlink, uh, and you know, I think it's, I like how Hollywood pre-programs us. Uh, Spider-Man 2 from a few years ago that came out, the MCU Spider-Man. He's battling Mysterio, who is apparently this. I have no idea what you're talking I'm, about. But you're going to see where I'm going with it. Mysterio oh, yeah. is this ultra-dimensional being who is fighting these other dimensional beings, but it turns out he really controls these incredibly technologically advanced drones who display the images and he's just fake out he's playing out the scene mm. and it's all imagery this is starlink they're going to show us this fake alien invasion with these drones and satellites and they will they will gather the masses all together and we'll, we'll all be ready for it we've been programmed for it now it's coming hmm. 
And that's my theory. And I'm sticking to oh, it. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, I don't trust Elon Musk, Mike. I'm nervous about this guy. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know what to think. You're right. Uh, he could just be a cool, cool dude that ended up where he is, you know, or he could be. Yeah, no, that's, I don't know. There. Have you been to DIA, the Denver International Airport? Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. All right. So at DIA, they've set it up where they funnel everybody through these security lines. And then you go down to this tram. And the tram takes you to these different gates. And the tram actually has some exits that it never goes down for people at the airport. But you know there's tunnels. (laughs) And they've been working on the Denver airport. There's forever. It's multi-billion dollar construction. All these wild theories around it. Conspiracy theories. Like there's a city underneath. All this stuff. When we were going through it this weekend, I mentioned that how the system is designed really well to kind of cull the masses through almost like cattle, you know? It's really, like, smartly designed. Uh, It's almost like it's set up for when they need to get a bunch of people underground into their tunnel, into their little underground city. And there is just, like, this weird eeriness to the way it's, set up compared to all other airports o'hare is very like is very similar to how uh the baltimore airport is set up and denver just has this it's out in the middle nowhere it takes forever to get to it's just there's a lot of weirdness with it and then the whole way they kind of push you through into it it kind of reminds me of an end of the world scenario where they gather everybody like cattle and wind them down the steps and you go through the security you shed all your belongings they strip you they throw you onto the thing and they send you down the tunnel and you never see daylight again you know like you can you can just kind of feel like wow this thing is set up for some shit like that or or the world is burning around us right and set up to uh get the elite down there really quickly you know and they can uh you know get into their spaces but I don't know. Isn't like CENTCOM over there or some shit? Yeah, actually, so the theory, the real yeah. theory I believe in is DIA underground is the uh, de facto um, uh, base for the White House because Denver is actually right. the second location for the White House. That's what, yeah. So I believe it's actually underground. I would and, believe that yeah. more. It's like a geological yeah. advantage. I, I would not be surprised. I know this sounds a little wacky. Not as wacky as some of the shit I've said earlier. So, uh, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So you might be. Yo, you're, we're already in the deep end. You guys might be willing to accept this after that crazy nonsense. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised because Denver is the de facto second right location for the White House in case of nuclear catastrophe or any of that crazy nonsense. Uh, I bet you there is an incredible tunnel system from D.C. all the way to Denver. I would not be surprised. Oh, that would be insane. Well, hey, who's who's the genius billionaire um, making massive waves in the business and technological world and space world in America? uh yeah mr boring himself elon musk so 
I really wouldn't be too surprised. Yeah. Honestly. A lot would go into that tunnel. I don't know, man. I think a lot of tunnels have been built in America and around the world, and people aren't aware of it, and I think the projects... Hey, you know what they're not working on? Our roads. So they're putting that money somewhere else, and I bet you it's yeah, tunnels where underground, the fuck dude. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> where is this infrastructure building? They're not- Yo, we just passed a trillion-dollar infrastructure bill that you still can't finish? The goddamn Jane Byrne interchange in Chicago has been being... This has been going on since 1987, at least. I only know 1987 because that's when I was born. So I, I don't know what they were doing before that, but Jesus Christ... Like my, like my earliest childhood memory was going down to get Mario's uh, Italian ice. Oh, uh, the I, best! The best on Absolute Taylor Street, best. dude. Yeah, the, the best. Right across the street from Al's, get some oh, yeah. beef. I love it, uh. dude. Uh, but anyways, I'm a little kid going down there. I remember the traffic because they're working on the Jane Byrne interchange. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm now a 35-year-old man driving a fucking plumbing van around, and it's like, dude, I'm still in traffic because they're working on the Jane Byrne interchange. <laughs> it's, it's the same fucking project, man. Like, how many construction guys have started their careers and retired? Working on the Jane Byrne interchange. Oh my god, you know? <laughs> that's the same in Colorado. You know what's happening is this is mob-owned construction, and they're putting their kids through college on government yes. contracts. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> they're guaranteeing their kids. Oh, son, this bridge I've been building for forty years. <laughs> You'll retire on it too. Like, no, that's not how these projects are supposed to work. The kid, the kid becomes like the mayor uh, or the governor, and then <laughs> the project never ends. <laughs> it never ends. Now we got to update that part we started uh, 20 years ago. See? Uh, <laughs> the same project. Oh, yeah. Never stops. Well, now the foundation you poured, it's ups- it, it can't hold it. It's too old. That's right. Well, actually, per, yeah. regu- <laughs> per the new regulations, Chief, uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to uh, start back at the beginning. Ixo faxo, the project dude, never that's ends. Like- <laughs> That is seriously like the plumbing code in Chicago is literally just so that you hire union. <laughs> yeah. And there's it's no all other mob. Re- it's all fucking There's no mob, other dude. reason to it. Yeah, like you can't use PVC just because they want you to hire the union to do cast iron. And it's f- and cast iron is fi- <laughs> is so much money. And then you know the markup on parts. So Guys, we're going to we're going to poison our constituents and there's nothing you're going to do about it. <laughs> Yeah, there's money to be made here, people. Money to be made. (laughs) Oh, you gotta love it, man. Chicago, it never ceases to surprise me with how corrupt every element of that city is. (laughs) I absolutely love it. (laughs) (laughs) It is unbelievable, dude. Like literally, the joke is our governor retirement plan is jail, and that is the. That's Prisker. Do what I tell you, man. This is the race out of jail. The next time, uh, the 2024 election, Pritzker needs to run for president to pardon himself. You know? That's right. Otherwise, you get Blagojevich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you believe? You wouldn't believe how many people want him to come back. Oh, I'm ready for Blagojevich, dude. You know, dude. Uh, our podcast needs Blagojevich to come back. Blagojevich. Oh yeah, Blagojevich, dude. <laughs> You wouldn't believe the, like, nostalgia for Blagojevich. 
He's days. due. Well, you know what would win it for the Democrats in 2024? Blagojevich Wiener. I believe that's the ticket, dude. Oh! <laughs> A Blago Wiener? <laughs> <laughs> if Democrats want to want any chance against DeSantis or Trump, they got to go Blagojevich Wiener. Blagojevich <laughs> Wiener. <laughs> Bring him back, baby! Come on! <laughs>